High Well Trust podcast, presented by Roshin O'Hagan and Jared Dean. So, welcome to our fourth Hollywell podcast. I'm Roshin O'Hagan, and I'm joined by Jared Dean. How are you doing, Roshin? Grand, grand. We're going to talk today about the pioneering peace builder book. Jared, can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, the pioneering peace builder book, which isn't that easy to say, is a book that's the history of Hollywell Trust. Anne Kelleher, professor from the Pacific Lutheran University, has spent the last three years writing up the history of Hollywell Trust, charting the various stages of the organisation and the work that we've done. And it's now been compiled into a book. So there's a, a look at placing us in an international context as well as the significance of, the, of a small organisation and the impact that can have locally. And then it places us in a, an academic context as well. So it's a really useful publication. And we held the launch on Tuesday here in the Hollywell building and then the funders for the project, the Department of Foreign Affairs, were kind enough to host it up at their premises in Belfast, which was brilliant. brilliant. And we loved that. So it's on, on sale, available to buy from Hollywell Reception mm-hmm. and it costs £10 and we think it's well worth a read. Great, so, so people can just come in and, and buy a copy? Aye, yeah. and if they can't come in, where I'm sure we'll get it them by hook or by crook. The post is a queer service these days, so I'm sure we'll be able to get it done. But no, Brilliant. it's something that we're really, really pleased with. It's a, a bit of an undertaking by Anne. It took her mm. three years to write, as I say, partly because it took her three years to get her head around what Hollywell is, <laughs> just like there anybody else that encounters us. Yeah. Um, it's really good to chart the whole, I suppose, development and all the the work that's gone on as well and, and how it's, I suppose, evolved over the years. That's it. Well, great. 29 years of work. You know, the organisation was set up in 1988 and timely for a number of reasons. I think the fact that it, it more or less charts the Hollywell under Eamon, Eamon yeah. Dean, so uh, as a, in, yeah. in its entirety as well as significant, but as well as that, there's a whole chapter about the future and where we're heading mm. and what we're working towards. So in that way, it's a useful, a really useful publication. We've had experiences of people trying to do this in the past and it hasn't worked out for anybody involved but this time round Anne really got us and yeah. it's a really Thanks useful publication yeah. it's part academic part easy reading mm. and I think it places as well I had a chat a, quite a brief chat with Anne Keller who wrote the Pioneering Peace Builder book mm-hmm. and Eamon Dean who I think features on it once or twice mm-hmm. about the, the process and how they found it and yeah. and the usefulness of it. So that'll be going out just now. Anne, yes. I'm going to start with you. Thanks yes, for sir. coming along. Oh, <laughs> it's a small hop across the pond. There's no yeah. problem. <laughs> okay. Can you outline for us your connection to this place? First of all, sure. I can take a long version or a short. The short version is, I think it was 2004. I had a student who wanted an internship and a study abroad program, mm-hmm. and she found one she really, really liked. And it was Brethren Colleges Abroad, and she came to the University of Ulster. And the internship was with the Junction. Right. So she let me know very early on how wonderful this program was, and how inspired she was, and how connected she felt to the society and Maureen was giving her interesting things to do etc 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 so I thought this is just too good because I was teaching a course in conflict resolution Mm -hmm. international conflict resolution so peace building was part of it so I took some of my own money and I came on my spring vacation and I stayed at a and b and 
I met with this student and came here and she introduced me to her internship coordinator who was Maureen. And it took me about seven minutes. I timed it. I started <laughs> to look and think, this woman has got to come to PLU. Mm. She's that good. She's, well, uh, Maureen is what she is. I mean, it, it, she's incredibly sharp and just as gracious and smart and extremely good looking. So I thought this, that package of, of smarts and personality and truly in-depth knowledge of what she was doing. So we brought her to PLU and then things rolled from there. Get on. And you've now just completed or we're today celebrating the launch of the, the book Pioneer and Peace Builder, mm-hmm. A History of Hollywell Trust. Uh-huh. So why Hollywell? What drew you to write the case story of Well, Maureen Hetherington, actually, because I was retired from my second institution, so I had two big retirement parties. So I thought, wow, I should do something important after this. So I said, what can I do? I can't. I'm not a facilitator. I'm a talker. I'm not a, there's a lot of things I'm not. So what could I do? And she thought, well, you know, Hollywell Trust could be a great story. Hmm. Why don't you write a history of Hollywell Trust? So I thought, okay, there's a possibility. And there was discussions and a lot of things happened after that, but she had the original idea. Eamon, how did it feel having that independent or academic eye looking over the work of Holly, which was essentially <laughs> the work that you'd been doing for almost 30 years? Um, to begin with, that is quite resistant, I think. Yeah. For um, logical reasons, I think. Yeah. It was a time of great change for us. We were, we were demolishing one building. We were living in temporary premises, and we were trying to put up a new building. And we had chaos. I mean, we always have chaos, but <laughs> even greater chaos than usual. And uh, I thought I need this like a hole in the head at this moment in time. But it has been great. Right. <laughs> well done, Anne. Well, it, 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 I mean, the patience to put up with uh, just incredible nonsense at times. <laughs> I have to say patience. Another way of looking at it is uh, uh, depression disguised as a virtue. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was quite aware of that, uh, that, you know, you could sense in the beginning that, oh, what is this really about? But Maureen was steadfast. And I very early on sensed that it wasn't just what Maureen was doing here, that there was, there was so much else going on and that Hollywood was the key to that. Okay. So if I were going to say anything meaningful in the terms of international peace building and what is going on here as clearly it was working, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So it was well worth my time to persevere. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm also known for being a very stubborn human being. <laughs> I don't know whether it's a virtue or not, but in this case... Put it right on the meter. I just thought, this, there's something happening here that should be documented, and I should be able to figure it out. So what do you find? What, uh, if you had to share two or three things from the publication that you found out about Hollywell that are worth sharing with others... What would you say? They were oh, from the you? what? Finally, uh, uh, well, from the either from the book or just from your own experience. What would you say? What's worth sharing? The first thing is the product, the final product, this book, mm-hmm. uh, which I find very impressive. I'm really glad to have played a role, but I played a role. This is typical of Hollywood. <laughs> there are people who have edited this, added the pictures, made it into what it is. I provided a basic, uh, the basis without which it wouldn't have existed, truly. But 
it isn't just me in here. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole thing is a very well done package with a lot of editing, a lot of pictures, and the core of it is the story that's being told is not my story. Okay. I do think I got a grip on the narrative that needs to be told, and that was my role. But the product itself, the book, is definitely a Hollywell esque community effort. Uh, just the usual partnership approach. Yeah, it is. It really, I feel that way. Yes. Okay, Eamon, if I ask you about the importance of a, an organisation such as Hollywell, based on the local community, working with the local community, but the significance of that, even on an international or global scale, because that's a lot how the book is written. You mm -hmm. know, it's written as a case study for here and elsewhere. What is it about? And I know that you please talk about yourself and your work, but why is this type of work important to you? Well, the work is important, I think, not just to me, but to lots of people. And lots of people have been engaged in it. And this is about not about one, two, three or five people. This is about a great many people sharing a great many experiences. Mm. And, I mean, I, I can't emphasise that enough, that it's not about this project or that project mm -hmm. it's about all sorts of different projects and a selection of some of them mm -hmm. and at the back of the book and there's an appendix with this uh, maybe a hundred or more projects just, that just haven't over. I was looking at it this that, morning that yeah. haven't been included yeah uh, you know as case studies because you can't you can't have a book that size of a mm. hundred case studies so um, you know and selected we take these uh, and uh, see what we can make of that and see what the common threads are. So we're profoundly honoured and deeply indebted that that you have taken the time to to look at that, to see that, to analyse that and to to write about it in a way which is very, very accessible and accommodating. Mm -hmm. You know, that this is not usually what academics do. Amen to that. I consciously said, I cannot write the way I've always written. Hmm. This, it, there's a little density in the last chapter, because I did get into a bit okay. of academic support for what peace building is, and you know, put it in a context. But I really, really tried, and I think I did fairly well, but then we had five, at least, editors behind <laughs> So it came out quite well, yeah. <laughs> and, and all that together uh, worked. And, and the cooperative ever can produce something really useful. Usually, and particularly with uh, publications, people say what you need is one editor. You can't have mm. a, a committee of editors. Well, we didn't have a committee of editors. What we had was one editor and then another editor. And, yeah. then another, and, and, yes. and, and, and they weren't discussing things together. No. So, the, but, uh, so it was different days looking at it and, and coming up with a consensus, uh, but a consensus which still, I think, um, remain clear and accessible as I've said already which, mm -hmm. which is a real tribute to the original writing yeah so I did my best I did a lot of editing myself yeah. there's no way any paragraph in here started out the way it is now no and I worked real hard at, at writing in a way that people could not have to read any of the sentences more than once yeah okay. And which is non-academic, if I can say. Yeah, yeah as well as which, so there were, um, you know, the, the film Lost in Translation or whatever. Yeah. Um, there, there are ways in which, you know, there's a lot of stories which had a variety of iterations down through, through the, the various stages of, of development in this yeah. book. 
And I think it's remarkable that, that a, there is a remarkable clarity has come from that. Mm-hmm. And it's a real lesson for us at times that um, when we say something or tell a story or imagine that we're being clear and making a point, that we have to work it out more. Mm-hmm. I, I, the last person was John McDade, right? Yeah. That uh, put put the whole thing together and he designed it. Made some decisions, and I and I, when I went back, I did go back and read what I had yeah. written and sent you originally. Yes. A lot of it is, the phraseology is me. Yeah. So he didn't change the basic. Oh no. Uh, no, the yet, integrity of the piece. It's, it's yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah. It's, it's so book. I don't mind my name being on it. Is no, what it's I'm your saying. book. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. And the main con- contribution I made does come from being an academic, and I'm actually quite proud of that because I kept looking for the patterns. I mm. kept looking. All right, yeah. and the choice of um, projects yeah. is because I finally figured out there's certain categories. It never said that in anything I read, mm. but you did youth, you did arts, you did environment, mm. you did community development, you did personal development. So there, there are sports. So uh, there are some categories where I could make sure there's at least one project that fits each of these. So that's imposing an academic way of thinking, which are what are the categories, what are the patterns, what is the trajectory, what are the threads that thread through the entire, what is the narrative? Yeah, yeah. So that, I think, was my contribution, and I could make it because I was an academic, and I have published. Mm. And another thing is I have studied peace building in other countries. Yeah. So I know community development projects in uh, several other places. So I came with a context. Yeah, of course. And that's what carried me through the first year to a year and a half when I said, all right, well, I, I'm not getting anywhere here. But I have done this work before, and I can see, I just have to keep, yeah. I have to keep at it. Right. Well, I'm glad it took you about two years to get a hold on yeah. as well. It did. It did. I had to give up the idea I was studying an organization. Yeah. Once I gave that up, this is not, wait a minute, this is a whole community. And people come and go with different projects. And it is how you do empowerment. Mm. It's that flexible. It doesn't have an organization with boundaries and bosses. And, and procedures and plans and, and published policies and all that stuff organizations have. It isn't like that. And once I dropped that, as an American, that took a lot of me. You know, I was slow on mm. this. Americans are not quick <laughs> on figuring out community-based style of functioning. But once I did that, then, all right, things got a lot better. Figured, oh, all right, wait, let's think of another thing that organizes all this. Mm. And once I went to the fact that Hollywell is a community mm. and it has people coming and going, and I had to figure out Northern Ireland to go there. Yep. Because unlike America, where everyone I know has moved at least five or six times in their lives, uh-huh. we're highly mobile of over 3,000 miles wide, everyone goes yeah. somewhere, right? Whereas here, people tend to have networks for their whole lives. Mm. Many people I met here don't live past 15, 20 miles of where they were born. Mm. Well, that shocking? So you put those two together, and I think I got to where I could start to understand. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I had to get the culture sorted in my head. I had to figure, this is a whole new, whole new place, Kelleher. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's actually what made it fun. 
So the, the, the people who stay here, I don't know if it's in 15 or 20 miles of where they were originally born, or they leave here altogether. They, they go 3,000 3, or yeah. 5,000 miles away. And that's what makes America, Canada, Australia so different. Highly mobile. Yeah. Mm. People whose connections are so far away, they're almost not there. Yeah. And the cultures that grow out of that are very different from here or Britain or Germany or wherever. Yeah. Okay. And it took that to figure things out. Hey, if you're looking at the book, and it, it's like a greatest huts. From, from yeah, <laughs> as perceived by an outsider. Yeah, but to stay on, do you? What do you see, or what are you reminded of, as if you like the the successes of Hollywell over the last number of years? And is there anything on reflection that you think would be worth revisiting? Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think one one of the clear pieces that comes through this is the importance of the. Beyond Hate conference, mm -hmm. a series mm -hmm. of events leading up to the conference and the conference itself, and and uh, the overall importance of the Impact ninety two, and within that the overall importance of a guy like Kevin McCall, who was the chief of Indies officer of Derry City Council at the time, and who really facilitated the growth of community development work in this town, mm -hmm. and uh, within that also then the importance of partnership between Derry City Council ourselves, Inner City Trust, and the setting mm -hmm. up of a new organisation called Creative Communications, Centre for Creative Communications, all of that, I think, mm -hmm. that contains so many lessons. And part of the lesson there also is that listening to, inviting people from all our communities, all our cultures into here, from other parts of the world, and listening to them and learning from them, and also recognising that we have something to say. Mm -hmm. So, and that, that's what a centre of learning is about, and the possibility of becoming a real centre of learning, I think, has been one way or another a constant theme, a subtext of everything that Hollywell does, that this city, this place, you know, if, if we go back to beyond the, the ideas of, before the ideas of nation-states, before the ideas of empires and whatever, there used to be city-states mm -hmm. and, and city-states could be quite small Athens had a population of about 50,000 people and it you know, became the centre of culture for the whole world at one stage mm. so you know, a city-state doesn't have to be large but what it does have to be is clearly clearly agreed consensus of the people who live here that this is a place of learning that we can share with the rest of the world and I think that's that's a great subtext for the work of Hollywell, that we are facilitating the possibility of the growth of a, of a state, which is a place of learning. Dead on. I don't think we can get much better than that. And if you any, I want to volunteer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> any last comments you'd like to make on the book? And before you do, thank you for doing it, because I think it's something. It's speaking as someone that works with Hollywell that we can use for the future and I think that that was a really important outcome from the book it's something that we can use to build on and that's the biggest compliment I can be paid and that was the point right. because I didn't need to do this for a career 
Mm-hmm. I didn't come in the way most outsiders, journalists, academics, commentate, writing something that will enhance my career that I put it on my resume. I came in to learn, and I loved the writing part because it was different. So I, I, there's so much I learned here. I'd never done anything like this before. Mm. So, and it was a gift. I didn't have any objective other than to do something useful. And so it's been spun off because you found this useful to you and it's become a book with all the inputs from so many different people mm-hmm. that I've got two more projects going on in the United States of community development in um, Nashua, New Hampshire, and the other one is in Tacoma, Washington State. So a 3,000 miles. I couldn't do this easy, could I? No. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has led to others, and I have the confidence now that I think I can tell their stories in a way that would be helpful to them. And I don't think I would have gone there in my own mind had you not seen the utility of this. So it's definitely a two-way street. Next week on the Hollywell Testimony Series. Maureen Wilkinson is a well-known local actress. In this interview, she speaks about how her work in the theatre helped her deal with the most harrowing of circumstances. So I thought of this weekend, can I love her a baby, third her partner, suffered the grief of loss and her partner, lost her home because she couldn't go back, went back to school, got her nursing degree and is now nursing. I thought, are you mad? He said, and wallow in self-pity. And I thought, no, I'm not doing this. And that's another way I wanted to get back into my drama. Less than an episode. Then why don't you search for all our podcasts on our SoundCloud.com page. Just search for Hollywell Trust. Or on Apple Podcasts, search for Hollywell Trust. The next Hollywell Studio event will be held on Wednesday 28th of June at 7pm. At this event we'll hear pitches from Pure Streaming, Extern, Golden Rule Project and Turning Point. You'll enjoy a great dinner while you listen to the pitches and you'll vote. And the admission fee will then go to the winner. It's £10 per ticket and you can purchase your tickets right now for the Hollywell Studio event at the reception at Hollywell Trust up in Bishop Street. Booking is essential and you won't want to miss it. Civic activism first. You yep, held your activism. pop-up cafe over the last yeah, couple of days. Yeah, we had a pop-up cafe yesterday and it went really well. Um, we started at 11, finished up after 3 and there was constant, hmm. constant uh, flow of people coming in. Okay, um, and the theme you were looking at was... The theme uh, we were looking at was the city centre. So asking people how they think the city centre looks, you know, what what are the top sort of two or three things they love about it? Um, if we had the chance to improve things, what would they suggest? So lots of really great discussions. Um, and we also partnered with Arabridge, um, who are a social enterprise that provide Arabic food. Mm. And they were there providing all the catering. So people were able to come in and get a free cup of coffee or tea and taste some Arabic dishes. And it went really well. Brilliant. Yeah, and I actually saw a lot of people who maybe wouldn't be in our building Aye. were there. So I think between the two organisations, Arbridge and Hollywell Trust, we actually got a, a good mix of people coming in. And lots of great discussions about the study centre, people feeling really passionate about how it has changed so much. But on the other hand, quite a few suggestions about how we can do things better. You know, people making suggestions about trying to encourage people to, you know, come into the city centre on a bike and rather than... All the traffic congestion mm. and looking for more car parking spaces because we actually are served quite well with car parking spaces. And just about how there's a lot of information around smart cities and other cities that have 
transform themselves. So I'm, I'm actually going to start looking at that now as well. But no, really, really good and lovely atmosphere. Loads of people coming in and loads of really good conversations. Yeah, and it's happening again. Yeah, we're going to do it next Thursday again. Bridge again, we'll do the catering. So okay. same setup. You can, people can pop in any time between 11 and 3, get something to eat and have some Arabic coffee. And we'll have a chat with me as well around their thoughts in the city centre. Dead on. And next Thursday, in case people are listening to this, they're downloaded it sometime as the 29th of June. 29th of June, yeah. Aye, That's okay. the Thursday. Yeah. Brilliant. So, well, I hope, yeah. you, I hope we get a good crowd. It's good to see new people coming in as well. So the day before, your final studio event in this run? Yeah, on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Aye. So we had Wednesday one evening. a fortnight ago, on the or nearly a fortnight ago, now on, on the, the 14th. 14th. That yeah. was really good. How did it go? Ah, it was great. We had four projects pitching. We had Ara Bridge, just so having her doing catering with us since. We had the Neighbourliness Project, Kinship Care, and the winner on the night was a project promoted by Emmett Rice called EmojiNet. What and was the idea behind the EmojiNet? The EmojiNet is, I think it's the fledgling idea at this point, where Emmett wants to put on a, a, a new system, or not system, but a, he wants to put positive messages at points where people take their lives, essentially, in this city. So that it gives them pause for thought and stop them taking that drastic step. Mm. He's keen to work in partnership with others to put something in their place. So yeah. that struck a chord with the majority mm. of the people in the room. And this time around we used a, a slightly dark voting mechanism than we had at the first June. Right. How did you do it differently this uh, time? Peter Osborne came in um, through his partnership on work with St. Collins Park House. We used a modified border count. And it's essentially a way of reaching a consensus decision within the room where you vote one, two, three, four, one being your preferred, to four being your least preferred. Mm-hmm. And then Peter goes away and works his magic. And we arrive at the project that receives the, the most votes yeah. in the room. It's not a straight count. It's a bit of a PR exercise, but the most popular project wins mm-hmm. and that's the way and that got the majority of the votes it was really tight it was really close the EmojiNet project came out on top and, yeah. but it was yeah. really good it was really difficult this time around to make the decision mm. I think any one of the four projects could have been supported and anybody would have been happy with yeah, it you know? all of the four projects actually were uh, some really good ideas uh, it was difficult to choose yeah that, mm. I hope all four ideas are Still going to go ahead. That's mm. the thing. It's just this I'm one sure might get a wee push. They're all, yeah. Final event, as I say, is on Wednesday the twenty eighth, and we're going to have four projects again pitching at that. Delighted to see people there. There's yeah. still tickets available. It's ten pound on, but ten pound buys you more than your dinner, as we know. It buys you the vote yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And at the first event, the successful project got about five hundred and fifty pound. At the last one, we were able to give them six hundred pound. So we hope to be able to do at least that again and yeah. it would be brilliant to see mm. a good crowd there. So you get Wednesday. your dinner and it's a lovely atmosphere and you get to meet people, uh, mm. make new friends, make new connections. And mm. it's something that I say, we're only funded to do these this first run of three, but I think over the summer we're going to take a bit of time and a bit of pause to find out how best we can support this project going forward. Because yeah. there's already a waiting list of projects that are, that are keen to get involved and mm. that's something I think we should continue to do. So that's the end of our podcast uh, number four. So I just want to thank all our funders, uh, Department of Foreign Affairs, Derry City and Strabane District Council, Community Relations Council and Building Change Trust. It's just to show our appreciation of them because we couldn't do all of our work without them. So thank you. And that's, that's the end of our podcast. Um, there'll be another one coming out shortly. 
You can stay up to date with us on our social media pages. On Facebook, look for the Hollywell Trust. And on Twitter, it's at Hollywell Tea.